And I'm Mag. And this is You Don't Want to Know. You really don't. <laughs> no, I think we did. I think we got it right. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like we don't have like a specific way to do it yet. Okay, I thought I said it wrong. Well, the podcast is named "You Don't Want to Know," so that you got that part right. <laughs> okay. okay, so this week, what? Nothing. I just I feel like I I feel like I could have said more to it. <laughs> it's an, it's supposed to be short. It's not supposed to be long. Oh my goodness. Okay, we got this. Welcome to another episode of You Don't Want to Know. Oh, I hate that I do that. I, I did that so much in the first recording that I, I literally almost punched the computer because I was like, shut up. Stop doing that. Yeah, you do do that a lot. I hate it. I hate it because I had to take it out of so many things. Welcome to the You Don't Want to Know podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Like I said, I'm Mag, and that's M- Emma. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be telling Emma a story today. Are you ready, Emma? I am more than ready. I was born ready. I don't know. I don't know if you're born ready for this one. So this podcast is me telling Emma stories, and maybe someday Emma will have a story for me. Today is gonna be a just wait. I'm, I'm, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I'm I'm waiting on pins and needles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this story today is a true crime story centered around Thaddeus Phillips in our own backyard, Emma. Well, you, not your backyard anymore, but it was. Baraboo, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin where? Baraboo. So that's like up north. Baraboo. I grew up in Baraboo, kind of. Nuh-uh. Well, my grandfather. There. So do you know what Baraboo is famous for? The deer? <laughs> no. <laughs> the circus. Oh. Yeah, that's where like the three ring circus started or something. Uh, Barnum Brothers, I think. You learn something new every day. Every day. It's just crazy. Every day. <laughs> okay. So you ready? Um, just a fair warning. This one's a little tough, but... It's the You Don't Want to Know podcast, so you, you don't want to know, but you do want to know, basically. So everybody just hold on and get ready in this wild ride. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay, so let's set the scene. It's Baraboo, Wisconsin. It's in July. It's nice and warm and hot. It's July 29th in 1995. Then the Phillips family had just recently moved to Baraboo, Wisconsin. They have a small, modest house. And Thaddeus Phillips, Thad, he likes to be called Thad, he's 13 years old. And um, everyone's getting ready for bed. And he asks his mom, he's like, hey, can I stay up and watch TV on the couch? Which, like, heck yeah, I do. I, if I could do that every night, I literally would. That's my favorite thing in the world. And his mom said, yes. That's what I do every day. Every day. Every day. I love it. So, he obviously eventually falls asleep on the couch, and all of a sudden, he's just randomly woken up. And just like any young kid, they assume it's their parent, you know? So, he's like hazy, like waking up. He's like, oh, my mom or my dad is carrying me to my room. Well, all of a sudden, he's outside. 
And that's when he's like, oh, I kind of got to like focus what's going on. I'm outside. This isn't where I want to be. Then he gets put down and he's on the road and he looks, it's really dark. Um, It's a small town in Wisconsin, so there's no streetlights and he just sees like a silhouette of a guy and yeah, spooky. So he's like, what's, what's going on? And he's just like, we got to run. And dad's like, hazy, not there. And he's like, okay, we got to run. And the guy's like, I am having car issues. I need you to run with me. So he's running, he's running, he's running. He runs about a half mile, a little bit more than a half mile. And he's like, why am I running? He's just out of it completely. And uh, Thad, he plays baseball. So he's in shape enough to where, like, obviously a mile is a lot, but um, I well, couldn't have been that bad. So I'm guessing it got over quickly. And he's at this house and he's like, where's your car? And he's like, oh, you know what? The car was just a, it was just a ploy to get you out of the house. My name's Joe. I'm your neighbor. Um, I'm going to have a party soon. And I thought it'd be cool if you came to our party. So I just said that I was having car issues to get you to come to my house. Oh, wow. Wow. So he just went from randomly running with this man who told him that he had car issues to being told that you're invited to our little get together. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. So, so Joe's 17. Um, he has seen that around school and he was like, this person and this person and this person are going to be at the party. And Thad's like, oh, I've, I know those people. I've heard those names because he's still new in town. And I'm sure it's cool. Like, oh, my first party. This is going to be awesome. So he's like, okay, I guess. But the house is kind of like nasty. It's like a hoarder's house, you know? So he's a little reluctant, but he's like, okay, whatever. Like, it's a party. Maybe that's why it's so nasty here because it's a party house or something. So he goes inside and Joe is like, hey, you want to come upstairs? I got either a baseball card collection or like model cars, something like that. There were a lot of different stories in that sense. Like the specific detail for that wasn't very clear. But either way, he goes upstairs and Thad is like, I'm a little reluctant, but okay. So he goes upstairs. He's in this room, doesn't see any cars. And all of a sudden, Joe pushes him onto this nasty, soiled bed. Yeah. Yeah. He pushes Thad down and grabs Thad's ankle. And do you know what he does with it? Oh my gosh. Well, I really don't want to know. Well, you signed up for this, so you're going to have to know. (laughs) But I want to (sighs) know. He grabs Thad's ankle and starts twisting it and twisting it and twisting it until it shatters. Oh my goodness. I can't. Oh. And Thad, Mm -hmm. Thad freaks out and he tries to run down the stairs with a broken, like beyond broken, shattered ankle. Then Joe runs after him and somehow Thad like gets away kind of and he's reaching for the door. All of a sudden, Joe pushes him onto the ground. He's like, you're not going anywhere. He takes his leg and he pushes it towards his face until his femur snaps oh my god his femur your the femur in your leg in your thigh is the strongest bone in your whole body oh, that is disgusting i really didn't want to know that hmm 
sounds familiar. Uh, name of the podcast. <laughs> it's like when you hear the name of a movie in the movie, and you're like, ah, you named it after that. <laughs> so, um, Joe carries Thad up back upstairs and he starts messing with his ankle again and breaking it a little bit more and a little bit more. And Thad's just freaking out. He's like, why are you doing this to me? What's going on? He's screaming. He's fighting back. And Joe is like, you have to stop. If you don't stop, I'm going to break your spine. And he throws a pillow pillow at him. Somehow Thad holds as much as he can in and muffles whatever gets let out in the pillow as Joe continuously breaks bones in both of his legs. Oh my gosh, he keeps doing it? He keeps doing it. And Joe... That's exactly what Thad wanted to know. So he's like, why are you doing this to me? And Joe just is like, I like the sound of breaking bones. Oh my god. Some people are so psychotic. I just don't understand what goes to their head when they're like, oh, I... They woke up in the morning and they chose... Like, murder. Yeah. So, Joe is like, I like the sound of breaking bones, and this isn't the first time I've done this. And he lists off two boys' names, and Thad is just like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. I have to get out of here. Well, he just keeps breaking his bones and breaking his bones until he gets tired and wants to go to bed. So... This whole time, Thad says, like, I didn't feel any pain. No pain at all. And it's because the adrenaline. Well, when he goes to bed and he has, like, moments to, like, sulk in this, he starts to feel the pain. And he said he didn't cry a single time, but he couldn't sleep because he was in so much pain. Gosh, that sounds miserable, honestly. Like, I don't even... He had no type of splints or anything either, probably, huh? Well, I guess you could... mm, Let's just say Joe had a lot of white socks. So, for some reason, Joe had an abundance of white athletic socks. And what he did, it was actually really nice. It was really kind of him. He felt bad for breaking um, Thad's bones... So he used the white socks and some ace tape uh, as a splint. You know, that fixed it, right? That fixes the bones. He was like, oh, I'm just going to be nice. Like, I'm so sorry for doing this to you, but I did it anyways. And here is, like, a little band-aid. Or. That's a psycho for you. Or he's like, oh, these bones are so broken. I want them to set so I can re-break them. Something like that. I don't know. Oh, that one is. Yeah, it's rough. So, this happens throughout the day. So, that happened at night. He got captured at night. He spends the night there. And throughout the day, this keeps happening. He's breaking his bones. He's putting those socks and bandages on them. Breaking them more. And it's not like he's just, like, breaking... I'm going to break your your tibia. Then I'm going to break your fibia. Then I'm going to break your femur. Then I'm going to break your foot bone. He's continuously breaking the same bones more and more and more. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. How does so how does a creature like this exist? That's I don't. Crazy. I don't know. Wow, he was obsessed with causing pain. 
Well, he was obsessed with hearing the bones break and setting them, I guess. So eventually, um, Joe was like, hey, I've got a date tonight. And actually, I forgot to say this. Throughout the day, he would get tired because breaking bones is a very exhausting job if you haven't done it before. So he would carry Thaddeus down to his filthy living room so they could just hang out and watch TV. You know, just like any other day. Oh, my. So you just tried to pretend like nothing was wrong. Exactly. He's like, hey, buddy, like, let's go hang out. So a little backstory to Joe. Um, I guess he didn't really have a lot of friends. I listened to this podcast where a girl who actually knew Joe, she talked about him. She was three years younger than him, but he was in the same class as her. So he wasn't very smart. I guess he smelled pretty bad. But I mean, he lived in that nasty house, so it makes sense. He didn't have a lot of friends, but he was, like, a bigger dude. So maybe it was just his way to, like, fill in that void to get, like, some kind of friendship. I don't know. It's really weird. So once their intermission was done, he would bring him back upstairs and continue to break his bones while telling him, like, you need to be quiet. You have to be quiet or I'm going to break your spine. Well, eventually he tells Thad, he's like, I have a date tonight. I'm leaving soon. Something like that. So he just leaves that on the bed and he broke both of his legs. So I'm assuming he didn't think he was going to go anywhere. So Thad's like, this is my chance to escape with two broken legs. Oh my gosh, with two broken legs. And, oh my God. Ew, I can't even imagine the type of stamina that he would have to build up to do that. So he tries to move around and he says, he straight up says he could feel the friction of the bones in his legs when he moved. You don't want to know. (laughs) So he throws himself down the stairs to get out and he passes out. He has blacked out from the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So he crawls into the kitchen and... All of a sudden, he hears the door open, and who could it be but Joe and the girl he was with? So he's like, I. So he's like, I don't know what to do. I could like try and ask the girl for help, but what if she's a part of this? Or what if Joe attacks her? Or what if she joins in on this? So he chooses to stay quiet. The girl's not there for very long. They like kiss goodbye, whatever. And Joe eventually finds Thad in the kitchen, and he is furious. He is PO'd to the extreme. So the torture gets worse. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So he brings him back up the stairs, and it's just immense torture. I guess he's, like, got running starts and would jump on his legs and do all this crazy stuff. And it got to the point, um, his, Thad's feet were facing the wrong way. Because his bones were so broken. And he describes his legs. Get ready for this one. He describes his legs as like rubber bands when you twist rubber bands. That's disgusting. I can't even imagine that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. While this is happening, like I said, he takes breaks. He brings him downstairs to watch TV. Because this is happening nonstop. He hasn't fed him. He hasn't given him any water. He's barely surviving. And, How long has he had him? Um, at least. So he got there at night and they spent the whole day together. And then this is kind of like daytime to nighttime the next day. So it's after or in the middle of the second night. Okay, okay. 
So it's been at least 24 hours. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. At least 24 hours. So, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. What was it? Oh, I remember now. Okay. So he takes him to, uh, take his little breaks and watch TV and then he bring him back upstairs. And the torture was like so much worse than the time before. And Joe told him again, he's going out again tonight to a party with the girl. So Thad's just in this immense pain and he's like, what can I do to make this stop? I'll do anything. So he's like, I think I hear someone outside. So Joe would get up and look outside and no one would be there. And he said like those 10 second breaks were so worth it because he came back and he would be furious and he would torture him even worse. But those 10 second breaks he would continuously do because he was like, I need it. I, I needed that break because he just was nonstop. And on top of this, let's not forget it's July in Wisconsin. So it's boiling. In an, yeah, in an attic. So I'm guessing like the attic probably, or it's upstairs, but I'm guessing he probably doesn't have very good air conditioning because like the house is just crap. Oh, no, and back in 1995, they're not going to be, like, air-conditioned up there at all. Mm -mm. So, eventually, um, Joe gets ready to go, but he's like, you escaped once, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again. So, he puts Thaddeus in a closet, which sucks. Locks? Does he lock? Yeah, he locks it. And so, he hears Joe leave, and he's like, okay, how do I get out? I gotta get out. He is determined to wow. escape. Wow. Yeah, because he's thinking, like, my brother's birthday is coming up soon. I have to make it to my brother's birthday. And also, while all this is happening, he's trying to take in as many details as he can because he's like, I'm going to rat this guy out to the cops. Like, this guy's not going to win. I'm going to win, you know? So he's just a freaking superhero in my eyes. He's incredible. Yeah, he's so determined. Yeah. So... He is rummaging around in this closet looking for anything, absolutely anything that he can grab. He finds a thermos and he starts beating on the door with this thermos. And unfortunately, it didn't work. The thermos wasn't strong enough. So he's looking around, looking around, and he finds a guitar. And he's like, okay, let's try this. And he beats on the door. He beats on the door. Meanwhile, he's passing out continuously because of all the pain he's in. And I'm assuming the heat probably doesn't help it either. No, he's probably just blacking out, and it's a continuous cycle. Yeah. So finally, finally, after all the work, he breaks a panel in the door. So all he can do is army crawl to the stairs, and he passes out continuously. Eventually, he has to throw himself down the stairs again, because he has no other options. So, passes out again. He wakes up. He's continuously determined, so he's army crawling his way to the kitchen because he saw a phone there. Oh, I forgot to keep going. Also, I forgot to mention this, but he had begged uh, Joe to call his parents. This is how terrible Joe is. And Joe's like, okay, sure, you can call your parents. And he gives him the phone, and there's no dial tone. He was just messing with him. So it was. Yeah, so it's not only like physical torture but it was also kind of mental in a way so Thaddeus sees the phone and he continuously crawls and he passes out and wakes up and crawls and somehow he gets the phone and reaches for the phone 
and just barely knocks it off the receiver. And lucky for Thad, it had the buttons on the phone versus the receiver. Yeah. Wow. Lucky him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even made it out to be able to call 911 or call anyone. Yeah, who knows what would have happened. So he calls 911, and he's like, I don't know where I am. I think I'm close to my house. This is what's happening to me. The guy's gone. His name is Joe. That's all I know. And the police think it's a joke. No way. Yeah, because while this is happening, his parents are freaking out. They woke up that morning, and they were looking for Thad. They couldn't find him anywhere, and they finally filed a police report. Because I th- they didn't do it right away, but I think it was like the 48-hour rule. But I think they did it, did it within 24 hours, but it, there was like a little bit of gap to it. I'm not sure why. So the police know that he's missing, and he says, said his name. So the the sheriff or whatever you want to call him, he was like, this better not be a joke. And you can actually find the 911 call online. Oh, I kind of want to look it up. That sounds super interesting. Well, it's kind of freaky. If you, like, if you know the story and you hear him speaking, it's so calm, so nonchalant. Like he's so odd. So my guess, my theory behind it is that first off, he probably doesn't have like any energy and he's probably fading. So maybe that's why he's so, yes, my name is Thad Phillips. I've been kidnapped. He's so calm. And I'm- going into a trance or just drifting off type of thing. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's really weird. But so Thad stays on the phone with 911 and you can actually hear the police break into the house and they um, oh, yeah. yeah, and um, you can hear him like, oh police and he's like, where are you Thad? And he's like, I'm over here. Just not any excitement to it or anything. But I really, truly think it's because he was just going out of it. Wow. So the doctors, they brought him to the hospital in an ambulance, and the doctors say that he was very close to being gone. Because he was bleeding internally. I'm sure, oh, yeah. I wonder if he had any compound fractures, if he, like, ended up bleeding out, if he was, like, close to. Dude, I don't even know. So... Thad tells him everything that he can. Um, He said, I remember he told me that he has done this two separate times. And the police are like, well, what's the name? And he says the first name was Chris, but he couldn't remember the last name. I heard from one source. I don't know if this is true. I'm pretty sure it it was a little confusing, but it said that he told his dad which I don't know why he wouldn't tell police this. And the dad was like, we have to figure out who this is. And um, dad's like, well, it started with an S. So he grabbed the phone book and went through every single name with S until he got to Steiner. And dad's like, that's his name. It's Chris Steiner. Wow. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense if he told the police this because the second the police heard the name Chris, they would be like, Chris Steiner, we know about him. So the case with Chris Steiner happened a year ago. So July of 1994, the night of uh, the 4th of July, they had their party, whatever. Chris went to bed and the next day, Chris was gone. Oh, wow. This is like a 
this is so interesting. It just pulls me in at the moment you least expect it. It's it's pretty crazy. So everyone was really confused. Um, they woke up and they found footprints leading, like muddy footprints leading from, started at the window and went to his bed and then left out the patio. And the patio door was usually locked. So they know that he broke in through the window, unlocked the patio door and left. And unfortunately, six days later, they found Chris's body washed up in the Wisconsin River and he was like hung over a tree. So he was like washed up and onto the tree. Wow. So the, the police had nothing to go off of. The autopsy showed um, water in his lungs. So it was ruled a drowning, but no one felt good about it just because of the circumstances, you know, like the room was like not how it was supposed to be. Like there was muddy footprints, but they had nothing to go off of. So no one felt good about it. So that's why police would have known right away you say Chris Chris Steiner so the police found this notebook in Joe's house and it said um, get to now things later I believe and then the leg thing so uh, they didn't say what was under those lists or anything like that but I I don't really want to know because I'm gonna assume that it's not great yeah yeah I know find that out but i mean it is interesting and intriguing enough to like want to find out yeah so thad feels really really bad he tries really hard to remember that other boy's name but he can't he can't remember but i think it's it's awesome that he could remember the chris steiner's name so they take joe they show up to the party and they arrest joe and joe is like shocked he's like what's going on and they tell him what happened, that Thad called the police, and he's surprised that Thad is still alive at this point. He left him there to die, basically, all by himself in a dirty closet. Oh my gosh, wow, yeah. well, I mean, I wonder what really would have happened if he hadn't gotten out of the closet. He probably just would have died there, for sure. Yeah. So Joseph Clark, Joe Clark, was arrested uh, for obviously the kidnapping of Thad and torture of Thad. And then he was also arrested in the connection uh, with Chris Steiner. So everyone was like surprised that they didn't connect them right away. Um, but the thing about autopsies, so I don't know if this is out of the reg, but they didn't, they took x rays, but they didn't take x rays of the long bones. So like your arms or your legs. So they, they didn't see any breaks. Well, to prove... In the Chris Steiner case? In the Chris Steiner case, yep. So to prove that Chris Steiner was murdered by Joe, he had, or the police had the body exhumed. And they took x-rays of the legs and they almost matched perfectly to Thad's x-rays. No way. Wow. So they literally had... A serial killer. Pretty a much. Yeah. Or a po- potential. A what? A potential serial killer. I don't think two qualifies you as it. I don't know. Well, I mean, but he kept the exact same... M.O. Like, routine, basically. He did the exact same process with both of them. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, they... Uh, Joe threw Chris into the water and he might, who's probably still alive, but he couldn't swim because his legs were broken and that's how he drowned. Oh 
But Joe sticks to his story and says he doesn't remember anything. He tried to go, I think, for like mentally ill or something like that. Trying to get out of it. That's yeah. sick, man. Oh my but it was more like a sexual sadist thing. I think that's what one of the psychologists said. Because supposedly, I only heard this one time, but he was like sexually attracted to the white socks and the ace bandages. Which, I guess there's two ways you could look at it. He could have all those white socks for potential victims for the future and for Thad at that point. Or he could have them because he was sexually attracted to them. Who knows? But he blamed that on a scar he had on his head. He got, um, I think he got into an accident and had to have brain surgery as a kid. And he said that messed him up. So weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Joe was sentenced to 100 years in prison plus 50 years uh, for the Chris Steiner case. Oh my gosh. Is he living that out? Yeah. So he will be eligible for parole in 2090. So, oh my he'll... Wow. Rot in peace. Yep, so um, there's not much on Thad. And unfortunately, I think this kind of screwed him up. Um, he was on an I Survived episode, but there's not much on him. I think there's a couple mug shots out there of him, which kind of sucks. But unfortunately, Thad's story isn't finished. I don't know how much longer after this happened, and I actually stumbled upon this on accident. It was in a YouTube video that I found. I didn't find any articles on it, but it was factual. He got shot. After? After, yeah, he got shot. Um, I don't think it was, I think it might have been a year after or something like that. He got into a dispute with this guy, and he got out, grabbed his gun, and shot Thad. And this guy... This guy's pretty nasty. A few years down the road, he became, like, a pedophile. He was, like, 25, dating a 15-year-old. So, clearly, this guy doesn't have a leg to stand on. He was in the wrong. <laughs> Not going down a good path in life, that's for sure. No. But now, like I said, Thad, he was on an I Survived episode. He um, is fully healed. He can walk after all of that. But he has a permanent limp. Um, if you want to see pictures i'll post pictures on instagram i'll try to not post anything too nasty but you can find the dirty nitty-gritty ones on uh basically anywhere google. google yeah you can find them on google they're really not like you don't see any bones protruding but his legs are literally purple like all yeah. one it's big not, bruise not it's not definitely not gonna be looking that up because i didn't want to know that <laughs> like i said it's it's not like any bones, like, you don't see him poking at, at the skin or anything like that. But, um, the police officer said that when they found him, his ankles were the size of basketballs. Oh! Yeah. Oh, my lord. Wow, can you even imagine that? Like, the size of a basketball, like, just on <sighs> Ugh, I don't want what? to. Like, walking around with that? That's insane. Like, well, couldn't even walk. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to even walk at all. Yeah. But that is the end of the survival story of Thad Phillips. And I hope he's doing okay. I hope he makes it through whatever endeavors he has. And I hope he wins the lottery someday because that's what he deserves. 
deserves it. That's for sure. Oh my gosh, this poor man. Some people are just born unlucky, and that man was for sure unlucky. But he is like such a fighter, though, man. Like, what a dude. Shows real character, but still, you can be unlucky. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what that was. Well, I hope that he has had enough bad luck and that he lives a great life now. So, if that, Thad, if you ever hear that, I'm rooting for you. I'm praying for you, okay? I love you, Thad. I love you. I love your name. I love you, Thad. Thaddeus, I love you. Thaddy. Love you. Thaddy. <laughs> Here at the You Don't uh, You Don't Want to Know podcast, Thad, Thad, you are a mascot. Thad, you, you are the dad. <laughs> You're the dad. It's getting weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of it. Uh-huh. So how do you feel? Yep. So that's how it's going to be. That's that's how they're going to go. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around. I hope you liked my telling of Thaddeus's incredible story. Um, I will be posting pictures um, and some descriptions on Instagram at YDWK podcast. If you have any suggestions or anything like that, concerns, nothing mean, please. I don't need meanness in my life. Um, exactly. Um, you can email us at ydwkpodcast at gmail.com. Emma, do you got anything? Truly, thank you for listening. I hope you come back next time for the next episode and have a great night. Have a good one. Is that good?